Five o'clock in pirate country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. A little bit of rain in uh, Winterville and South Greenville, and especially to our east. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It's great to have you with us, Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, very excited about our show today. We've got uh, two spectacular guests. Uh, it is the uh, anniversary of Title IX, and we uh, wanted to, for a while now, have uh, Kim McNeil on the ECU women's basketball coach. She's uh, a great friend of the program, and there's a lot of things to talk to her about. She's getting her players back on campus, uh, including a couple of more here in the last day or so. And uh, some young freshmen will be making their way onto the uh, uh, ECU campus in the coming days. So uh, lots of things to talk about with her. We'll do that coming up a little later on in the show. Plus, uh, Chris Hughes with CarolinaPreps.com uh, is uh, with us. The reason we wanted to have Chris on, uh, there's probably nobody who talks to more high school coaches, high school football coaches, superintendents, athletic directors at the high school level in the state of North Carolina than Chris Hughes does. I mean, he's got, he, he's hanging out with them. He's, uh, he's on the phone. He's texting. He's a guy who's all, all over it. So uh, we, we're going to ask Chris kind of his thoughts on, you know, we're a little over a weekend for a lot of of these uh, school systems allowing their sports teams to get back to some form of conditioning and practice. Uh, there's some that won't be starting until after July 4th. Uh, Chris Hughes coming up uh, on that uh, as we welcome in uh, Ben Byram. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. Before we go on the air, that's all I hear, and then I cue you up on it. You caught me off guard there. I, 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 I was prepared for this like all day. I was like, I was waiting for this moment. I know, I know, and you get your moment to shine. Uh, we've got a new Twitter poll up. Before we uh, read that off to the people, uh, I'll, I'll say you might want to listen to Chris Hughes' interview. I talked to Chris earlier today and uh, asked him to come on the show uh, with us here during the five o'clock hour to kind of lay out what he is uh, saying and what he believes uh, may or may not happen with uh, fall sports for high schools. So why don't you uh, give us the results of the poll about the college football season starting on time uh, that we uh, put up uh, on uh, our Twitter page at 943thegame. What did that say yesterday, uh, Ben? How did that turn out? Okay, so do you believe the college football season will start on time? Yes or no? 53.7% said no. 
46.3% said yes. So it's pretty divided it's close. There. Yeah. No, it's close. The majority says no. Uh, so we'll see. Boy, that would, uh, that would not be good. Uh, and then, Ben, uh, the new poll says what exactly uh, today? The new poll says, will there be a high school football season and other fall sports in North Carolina this year? We have yes, a full season. Yes, a partial season. Or no. So far, 50% say yes, a partial season. Okay. Well, uh, what are the other 50% or what do the other voters say? 30.8% say no. 19.2% okay. say a full season. Wow. All right. I would like to be in the camp of the 19%. I really would. Uh, all right. So uh, we'll update that poll for you. Head over to at 943thegame on Twitter and uh, vote at 943thegame, uh, our uh, Twitter account uh, there. Uh, some things to jump into here before we uh, get to uh, Coach Kim McNeil coming up in our second segment. Uh, we uh, Baseball, are we headed in that direction? Uh, finally, Jeff Passan. Well, you love some ESPN Get Up, don't you? I have a cut a day from ESPN's Get Up. You're not even awake to watch Get Up. Well, they got you all the insiders. To... They got the NBA insider of woes. They oh, got Passan. I mean, they, they got yeah. Schefter up there. Yeah. They've got the guys, don't they? Uh, Jeff Passan, as I like to call him, uh, from uh, ESPN's Get Up, something that Ben does not do in enough time to watch the show. This is finally a step in the right direction. And uh, of the players with whom I spoke last night, and there were a lot of them, not a single one said, we're going to pass up this opportunity. We're not going to figure out how to get the self health and safety protocols taken care of. This looks like it's going to happen. Now, we've been at this point plenty of times, but we haven't been this close to say that there is a schedule that is set and there are just a couple of small steps left. So by five o'clock Eastern today, we should know, Greeny, if in fact we can for certain say that baseball is going to be back. All right, keep an eye on that, Ben, because uh, that five o'clock is uh, come and gone, and I've not seen anything yet. My guess is uh, we, uh, I, I don't think we will till this evening. I think the five o'clock was an artificial deadline. Uh, but the uh, owners want to have this 60 game season. Um, players rejected that proposal, but, uh, the owners, uh, voted to implement, uh, this season. So we will see this article is saying that they've gone ahead and implemented it. Is this the right date on this article? Yes, it's today. So, uh, keep an eye on that, Ben, for an official word from your guy, uh, passing there, follow the get up, uh, Twitter page and, and do that. Uh, I did see, and we've got this up on our social media as well, uh, on Facebook for sure. They're going to start extra innings with uh, a runner on second base. I like that. I don't mind that. Ben, do you have a take on that? Uh, I'm a little bit indifferent on it, but if it means that we're not going to have these five, six-hour games because of extra innings, I'm all for it. Right, right. I I, I don't mind. It adds it's something different. It's something If you're going to do something different with baseball, this is the year to do it. Would you not agree? Yeah, and I mean, it, it, there's a little bit of strategy to it. I could see you could put your fastest runner out there on second. The pitcher has to keep an eye on him while also worrying about pitching. There's a little bit of strategy to it. I, yeah. I, I kind of like it a little bit. I'm, 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 I'm not totally against it. I got it. No, I, I think that's bad. All right, uh, as we continue kind of our news roundup here, uh, Ryan Blaney winning uh, an exciting 
finish to the uh, Talladega race with all the uh, uh, pageantry and emotion stirred with the pre-race uh, and the way they honored uh, Bubba Wallace, his fellow drivers did. Uh, that was quite poignant. Uh, more on that situation in just a second, but uh, the finish was spectacular, Ben. You had the third-place finisher uh, go bumper first, rear bumper first across the line. Uh, and it was a mere uh, one hundredth of a second, I believe, that Ryan Blaney uh, won the race. This was his uh, post-race interview via Fox. What's going through your mind coming through the trioval headed toward that checkered flag? I'm just trying to block, you know, just trying to block the best we could and block the top, block the bottom. And 20 got to my outside, and I tried to go up there to slow him down, and I'm not sure if I was, I don't know, three wide. I hated I hit him. Um, just kind of trying to beat and bang the line and things like that, but um, just edged it out. But um, you know, really proud of this whole Menards Sylvania Ford Mustang team, man. It's uh, it's been a, a cool year so far, and really excited to uh, to get our first win of the year at a, at a cool place. Thank you everybody for coming. I appreciate it and uh, sticking around. So um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Blaney just did edge out Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for uh, the win. Uh, Bubba Wallace. Uh, has uh, also continued. He greeted fans afterwards, finished 14th. Uh, there were some African-American fans on hand, and he uh, uh, went and, and dapped them afterwards. That was a nice moment. Uh, and uh, really everything surrounding that, uh, the support he's gotten uh, quite appropriate at this time. Uh, they have called in not only the FBI, but now the Department of Justice is involved in that uh, noose probe, if you will. And then word that uh, the track out in California, one of the California tracks, uh, I believe the road course out there, uh, may have had a similar item placed in, but that track had not been in use here. Uh, but a, a noose allegedly placed out there. That's a story that has uh, started to break here uh, late morning into the afternoon. Uh, Dan Patrick's show today. You heard it here on 94.3 The Game. This is uh, the SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Quite interesting here. Uh, it will uh, lead into uh, some talk we'll have with uh, Chris Hughes coming up in our uh, second half hour here today on the PJ show. But, uh, you know, he, he talked about with Dan Patrick, the way that the conferences have tried to lay out the leaders of the conferences, the commissioners have tried to lay out every scenario imaginable to ensure that there is a uh, football season. We've, we've gone through, I think we're just short of 20, uh, scenarios. Um, the, the plan, the focus is to prepare to play a schedule and then the, to pivot off of that. And there are any number of options that could allow an entire schedule to be played, both conference and non-conference. But everybody in this country has to be a part of that at the collegiate level. That's just a little bit more complex than, say, the NFL putting its schedule out or delaying, because all of those things are controlled by a central entity. So I think we'll keep that focus, but we'll plan for contingencies that could be, you know, probably anything you read about from a speculative uh, and, uh, Tom Brady in a little bit of, uh, trouble Brady continuing the group workouts, despite the, uh, NFL PA, uh, recommendation. Otherwise, does that surprise you that Brady's bucking the system? No, not at all. I mean, given his reputation, you know, he's going to bend the rules a little bit, maybe possibly break them. So he, he walks right up to the edge of the line, doesn't he? Interesting note. Gronk also involved in those workouts, so maybe it's that Patriots mentality there coming over to Tampa Bay. Let's bend the rules a little bit. Let's get let's get crazy. Let's get wild. Uh, listen to you, Ben. Listen to you. 
Uh, that is uh, the uh, roundup. Hey, we've got uh, our show every day in some form of a uh, podcast. You can go to uh, 943thegame.com, the new 943thegame, uh, 943thegame.com, excuse me. And uh, you can uh, check out our podcast there. It's right there on the homepage. You can see it. And you can uh, relive uh, the uh, fantastic moments from this and uh, other shows. Uh, also, uh, wherever you download your podcasts uh, via Apple, Google, uh, or Spotify, we're available there. But uh, your first stop should be 943thegame.com for our uh, daily podcast. All right, uh, we'll take a break. Kim McNeil will join us here in just a couple of minutes. Looking forward to talking to Coach about a myriad of topics. I uh, love Coach McNeil, and uh, she's entering – uh, what will be her second year at ECU as the uh, women's basketball coach, Title IX anniversary today. So uh, we're going to have Coach McNeil on to talk about that and uh, other happenings uh, as well. Uh, Chris Hughes also still to come. It's the Patrick Johnson Show at 512 on this very summer, steamy, stormy Tuesday. This is where the Pirates play. 94.3 The Game. Your home for the best ECU game day coverage in all of the Pirate Nation. Patrick Johnson. I think he's a hedonist and an overblown grandstander. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. There's a lot to talk about, and I've been hoping for a while to get uh, Coach... Kim McNeil, ECU women's basketball coach on. Uh, we are big fans of Coach McNeil uh, and, uh, and and her associate head coach, Coach McNeil also. We're fans of both of them. Uh, and, it's, <laughs> and it's great to have uh, Coach Kim McNeil with us uh, here. I, I, I'm a little surprised we got you away from the swimming pool, but uh, hey, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great to have you on. Thank you for taking a few minutes with us, Coach. No, no problem. Um, anytime you guys want, I enjoy being on. I enjoy uh, talking and sharing uh, women's basketball with uh, Pirate Nation. Well, we've got the 48th anniversary of uh, Title IX today. And I'm going yeah. to ask you a little bit about that. But I think the, the best place to start, because uh, there's a lot of things to talk about here. The best place to start, uh, kind of give us an idea of how you and your family are doing and how you've held up during this whole uh, pandemic and all the craziness going on in our world. You know, the McNeil family is doing great. Um, we're staying safe and um, social distancing and uh, healthy. And uh, it's allowed Corey and I to uh, really, you know, be parents to Gabrielle and Kate. And I, I don't think there'll ever be another time where we'll be at home this much with them, you know, on consecutive days. So they've obviously enjoyed it and we've enjoyed it too. But, you know, I'm ready to start getting back to some basketball, getting back to some <laughs> Sports, so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it's been good. It's been good. You know, I, I uh, we, when we talked to all the other head coaches and, and some of the assistant coaches, one of the things that they have talked about is, uh, you know, we've been able to be home and have, you know, lunch and dinner and sometimes both in the same day. That's not always the case, uh, even in the off season in your profession. Not at all. And to be honest with you, I'm running out of things to cook. Um, <laughs> you know? Wait a minute. All right. Wait a minute, coach. What's the thing you've tried to make that you've always, you know, maybe wanted to attempt or what, what is the thing you maybe, you know, have perfected? I, I can't wait to hear this. You know, it, it, I wouldn't say it's about what I haven't attempted. You know, Corey and I, I think that first month of March, we sat around, we ate a lot. We 
right. lazy. <laughs> um, and we put on a few pounds. And uh, ever since April, we've been going on this health kick, you know, doing bike rides and running and doing garage workouts, weightlifting. And so we're trying to eat healthy. So the challenging thing is, you know, trying to cook healthy meals. That's been the challenge. Have you succeeded? I think we have. You know, the biggest thing, we've cut, we love sweets. We've cut out the sweets at night, trying to cut back on carbs. Corey's, you know, gotten rid of um, red meat. Um, so I, I think we're doing good. You know, we're just trying to stay healthy and stay busy. Gotcha. Coach uh, Kim McNeil, ECU women's basketball coach, is uh, on the line with us uh, here. Uh, players back on campus already. And we have, uh, you were telling me before we got started here, freshmen uh, coming up in uh, a few days onto uh, campus. Uh, and uh, so far, so good with everybody coming back for the voluntary workouts and the freshmen. And you're really uh, excited about this group. Yeah, you know, we've got um, all of, pretty much all of our upperclassmen was the first group that came in um, last week. A couple more yesterday. Um and by July 6th, I think, we'll pretty much have everybody back. So, yeah, I'm excited. You know, finishing out the season, the, the returnees were extremely excited to get to the postseason. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but we continue talks, you know, all during this, during this pandemic about, you know, getting out and keeping ourselves moving and doing as much as we can, you know, with the lack of facilities being back at home. But everybody's excited to be back and, and ready to get rolling. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, going to be – you know, sort of a, a new time period. We're going to be feeling our way through things here uh, collectively. And, you know, in, in talking to some folks over in athletics this week, I mean, th- there is no uh, denying there will be a positive test at some point with a student athlete. And uh, I- I'm sure a lot of your time has also been spent on making sure everything is to a T uh, to, to make sure that the health of, of your players is uh, – is is of you know the highest concern definitely you know this administration has definitely had a busy um off season to say the least with everything that's been going on and you know they've had to make some tough decisions and um but i I really feel confident in the plans they have uh, put together with our kids returning back to campus but you know the main thing i've been talking to my young ladies about is you know when they leave us you know when they leave our facilities Mm -hmm. they go back to their apartments and you know, to their dorms, just, you know, always wearing their mask, keeping hand sanitizer with them, you know, washing their hands. If they have to go out, you know, keeping, you know, the, the distance of six feet away from everybody. But, you know, I think that's my most concern is when they leave us because I think the administration has a really good plan in place for when they're actually in our facility. Yeah, I, I know, too, they've encouraged uh, any the athletes who have been on campus uh, to, uh, you know, try and, and limit that, that uh, social gathering type of interaction away from campus. Yeah, we, yeah, we, you know, we've talked about just being in our own little bubble, you know, uh, women's basketball, we all pretty much stay in a couple of different apartments. And then obviously when our freshmen come back, they'll be in the dorms, but, mm-hmm. you know, using just our practice facility, you know, we've got all kinds of things in the practice facility, to clean the balls when they're done. Every step you take, there's hand sanitizer pumps. The administration has, you know, bought all kinds of new pumps and things for hand sanitizer. So, you know, I think they've really done a really good job. We've just got to, you know, just limit and understand that things are going to be different, and we've got to make some serious sacrifices, you know, this year if we want to, you know, be able to play. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Coach Kim McNeil with us uh, here. ECU women's basketball coach uh, is with us. Uh, so there's some tough subjects that are being tackled in our country right now beyond COVID. 
Uh, and I'm sure that's something that uh, you will be talking with your team about as well and probably have talked with your team a little bit about as far as, uh, you know, sports is, is the great uh, equalizer, I think, in a lot of things, in a lot of ways. I would agree with you. And, uh, you know, it, it has it's been 2020 has hasn't been good to us. Um, hopefully we can somehow make a turning point, make some changes um, in the year of 2020. But, you know, we... It, you know, as my as, as a, as a uh, African American female and a role model to, to my players, I feel it's my responsibility. You know, we have talks all the time about, you know, what it looks like to be an African American female. You know, how we have to carry ourselves. You know, just the struggles that we've been through. You know, continuing to educate them. Um, so when all of this was hap- all this went down, you know, we they were like normal conversations to us. You know, we did a little bit more in extent, but we have those conversations every day, and and not only with my my players, but with my staff, you know, I have a, a diverse staff and we, we have conversations all the time because I think that in order for us to make some progress, people have got to be, you know, get uncomfortable, you know, with having some conversations so that we can continue to grow and continue to move forward. Uh, we've got Coach Kim McNeil with us uh, here, and uh, it's it's always great to catch up with Coach, and uh, we have a lot of fun, but uh, obviously Coach is uh, a great leader to deal with uh, uh, the, the, the subjects that have a little less levity to them. And uh, her and her staff and her husband uh, have uh, have done a very nice job of that. Uh, let, let's turn our attention to to Title IX. Today's the 48th uh, anniversary uh, of that. Uh, over the years, I've uh, called a lot of women's basketball. I have uh, a father and a sister that coached uh, the co- collegiate level, so uh, women's basketball. So uh, I've always been a big fan of the game, and uh, really, where we are uh, in the game today, it all kind of in all women's sports especially, but in basketball, harkens back to 48 years ago. Yeah, it goes back to 1972. I wasn't even born yet. Um, <laughs> and coach, but, neither was I. Rumor has it I was. <laughs> you and I were but, not, uh, we, we, we have that in common. Nope. So, you know, without Title IX, you know, we wouldn't have, women would not have the opportunities, you know, that we have today, you know, in our sports, you know, equal opportunity. Um, and, and wow, have we have we come a long way, you know, with just having, you know, equal, you know, facilities, equal, you know, budgets, things of that nature, and just, just the opportunity to play, you know. But I still think we, you know, as much as we've grown, you know, we've still got a long ways to go. But but I'm liking the progress that we've made here. You know, obviously you see more, more games on TV, ESPN, the TV coverage and everything. So we're definitely growing, but we still have the ways to go. One of the things that I really think the women's game has done, and in many ways, in my opinion, they've been a lot more uh, proactive in this respect than the men's game, is the the uh, you know the adaption of rules to make the game um, flow a little better uh, with the yeah. uh, the reset of fouls in the quarters. I you know I didn't know how that would go, but I actually really like that, and I love the idea like the NBA of moving the ball after a timeout to the front court. Yeah. I, to me, I think that is it, it just makes the game more exciting. Uh, with, with you know those changes, which I think have been positive, I'd love to hear your opinion on them. Uh, but you know, wh- what are some other things you'd like to see the women's game do to to continue to evolve? You know, we we've talked about a lot of different things. Um, we've talked about you know a possibility of maybe not you know getting a bigger ball, but maybe a heavier ball. Mm-hmm. Um, in European league, they play you know, with a little bit heavier ball. And, and I think it's, you know, some research has been done that they miss a lot less layups, you know, because yeah. in, our, in our game, in the women's game, we miss tons of layups. 
you know, whereas if that heavier ball might sit up there a little bit better and you might have a little bit better percentage. You know, they did some, you know, obviously this year, you know, they had the men's three-point line and they had the women's three-point line, which I think we're going to, you know, go to the men's line because they did some data on that and we're actually shooting a better percentage from the men's three-point line, which is crazy to me. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I love the four quarters. At first, I didn't know how I was going to like it. Um, but I think that the key thing you said is, is under a minute left to go in the game, being able to advance the ball, I think is changed the game completely. Um, in a tough situation, when there's close game down the stretch, it's anybody's ball game. And I, I'm I'm just waiting for the men to go to that because I think back to last year's national championship, you know, when U- University of Virginia won it, and I think they were playing maybe Auburn or somebody. Mm-hmm. If they would have had that where they could have advanced the ball, it, it possibly – we could have a different national champion yeah. champion right now. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm surprised they haven't already gone to it, but I think sometimes they might not want to follow behind the women, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so may, maybe they're, you know, putting a little bit of distance between it. Um, so it doesn't look like they're following us. Coach, thank you very much. I always enjoy speaking to you and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to, to speak to you again very soon and, and hopefully see you at some point soon. Yeah, that would be great, right? <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, coach. No problem. Talk to you soon. Yes, hope so. Uh, that is uh, the uh, coach of the uh, ECU women's basketball team on this anniversary of uh, Title IX, uh, Kim McNeil. Always great to have Coach McNeil on with us uh, for a, a few minutes uh, here. Uh, this just came across while we were wrapping up that interview. Uh, breaking news here. The FBI has released a statement about the NASCAR news incident at Talladega indicating it was a misunderstanding. No crime was committed. The noose was already there as early as last year. Well, that's what this reporter called it, the noose. But actually, it it winds up being uh, not so much a noose, but I guess a, a rope uh, that was there that was already, I guess, part of the apparatus on the door. Is that how I'm reading this correctly? We, we just got I me. Mean, this literally just came in. Uh, the investigation revealed evidence indicating, including authentic video confirmed by NASCAR, that the news found in the garage was in the garage as early as October 2019. Um, they keep calling it a noose in this. I'm just wondering if, you know, Bob Pockers asked yesterday, was it a, a piece of rope from the garage door? And if anybody knows with the ear to the ground on NASCAR, it's Pockers. And I, and, and I, you know, we didn't have that cut yesterday and I was thinking about that this morning, you know, Pockris asked that question and he just didn't invent that question out of thin air. So uh, Bob may have, uh, you know, gotten, uh, some word that that apparently was the case, but, um, we'll review this a little further. Ben's going to have an update and he'll have the latest on this, but, uh, whatever the point is that however that rope was fashioned uh it has uh, been there for uh nearly a year at least dating back to last october and it just so happened that the uh, bubba wallace team was assigned that garage apparently uh so we will see how quickly this <laughs> gets ignored by certain sectors of the uh mainstream news and uh, mainstream sports media especially in this state 
Uh, a timeout will come back. Ben will update you on what's going on. Chris Hughes will follow. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. Stay tuned for more of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Pitt County's home for sports. Patrick Johnson, every weekday at 5. I know he's a friend of yours, but that guy is bonkers. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Ben Barham here for your 94th of the game sports update. Breaking news out of NASCAR's this, FBI has concluded their investigation of the noose found in Bubba Wallace's garage. It's determined that a noose was a misunderstanding and that the rope could have been in the garage as far back as a year ago and that no crime was committed. The details of the investigation are still developing. The American Athletic Conference announced that the Women's Hoop Conference Tournament will be joining the men's down in Fort Worth, Texas at Dickey's Arena. The women's tournament is scheduled to be there in the 2021 and 2022 seasons. Hunt High School has found a new football coach in Juan Jackson. Jackson is a Hunt football alum and replaces Ryan Sokowski, who coached for a season and had stepped down earlier, earlier this year. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are continuing to hold group workouts at local high schools despite two players and an assistant coach within the organization testing positive for the coronavirus. The team has been contacted by the league's medical director and has been told to stop the workouts and adhere to league protocol. The MLB is committed to a 60-game season that will begin around July 24th. The only obstacle remaining is that players will have to sign off on a health and safety protocol, and they must agree to report to home stadiums July 1st. Many sources claim that we could hear a decision from the players within minutes. The NBA has seen its first player opt out of resumption of the season. Portland Trail Blazers' Trevor Ariza has decided to skip the season to commit to visitation with his son. Many sources claim that Ariza will be the first of many to decide to sit out the season. The NHL has narrowed down possible hub cities for the 2020 playoffs. The current list includes Las Vegas, Chicago, Los Angeles, Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. The league will have decided which two cities from that list they would like to use for the playoff tournament. Here are 94th of the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barham. Now back to Patrick Johnson. All right, we'll get to Chris Hughes here in just a minute. This is an apparent statement from NASCAR. The FBI has completed its investigation at Talladega Super Speedway and determined that Bubba Wallace was not the target of a hate crime. The FBI report concludes and photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose had been positioned there since early last fall. So they're calling... I'm sure in the old-timey garages when you you may have seen this where you, you had a rope to pull the garage door down. Well, there's a little handle at the end of the rope, and now the media is calling that a noose. NASCAR did in the statement there. And the media, because they have not gotten to the NASCAR release yet, <laughs> Triangle Sports Media especially, is now trying to, you know, still further the idea this was a racial situation. Whew. Not a good look. I mean that that's that's amazing. Uh, it's quite a uh, quite a, a swift investigation. And again, it was a garage door rope that, um, you know, is I think you would find in any older garage or even uh, an industrial garage. Sometimes the, the ropes are fashioned there with a handle to pull them down. Amazing. All right, uh, we'll come back, Chris Hughes, when we uh, return on the other side. Patrick Johnson show. Wake up with Clay Travis. Get home with the P-Man on Pitt County's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. Patrick Johnson. For a guy who thinks he's cool, you're sure no fun. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. 
Anytime we get Chris Hughes from CarolinaPreps.com, I consider it a win for the PJ Show. Chris Hughes, CarolinaPreps.com. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Patrick. I appreciate you having me on today. It's great to talk to you. Let's jump right in here. Uh, and as we welcome you in on this uh, on this Tuesday. So we talked to Todd Leip a week ago, new Aiden Grifted coach, former Rose coach, second day of this uh, sort of, uh, re- you know, social distance training that they are doing. And boy, it sounds like a lot of work for these high school coaches. Uh, you talk to a lot more high school coaches across the state than I do. How are they dealing with this how's this working out for high school coaches uh, all across north carolina uh the ones that are able to get some work in uh due to all the government regulations are, are probably having to jump through some of the same hoops and, and and just to take it a step further i uh talked to a uh good friend of mine who is a superintendent of one of the uh the systems here in north carolina and he said it's not just football he said yep. that he thinks that it's going to cost each school in the hundreds of thousands of dollars just in purchasing the, you know, the sanitation equipment and just so many um, uh, clean cleansing products to jump through the hoops necessary just to go to school. So I, I don't think it's a football-related uh, issue at all that Coach Light's going through. Well, you know, the money's printed on, uh, on trees, as you know, Chris, when it comes to high school athletics, right? Ha-ha. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're just like, in, just like in Texas, you know, everybody here has those state-of-the-art uh, 35,000-seat stadiums. I know what you're saying, and obviously you can sense the sarcasm in my voice in saying that. Yeah, uh, I mean, absolutely. It, it, to, to think that, uh, you know, any school, and, and let alone athletic departments, can, can afford that, I mean, that's, that's just that, – that's really, that's really tough. I'm hearing a lot of things today, Chris, of a – possibility that you're you know it's looking like elementary and maybe middle schools uh will be kind of in-class instruction and that the high schools will be remote learning what does that mean for high school sports well i don't think it's a good sign and you know i'm hearing some of the same things and you know i've heard things like the possibility of middle school students and maybe even some elementary school students and some of the systems across the state moving into the high school building right. to allow them to have more room to separate and, and to distance themselves. Uh, and, and I just don't think that that is a good-looking sign for athletics. And, and the reason being, and, and, and you know, I, I go back to an interview that I had uh, on my show a couple Mondays ago with our North Carolina High School Athletic Association Commissioner Q Tucker. Right. And, and I don't, I don't want to credit this to her, but she said something that really clicked with me in stating that she did not think the governor would allow athletics to start back until it was shown that the high schools could go back to school and be in class and the buses running on a daily basis. And to me, if you do not have students in the seats, in the buildings on a daily basis every day, I don't see how you can justify holding practices and having those same students come back onto a campus. And, and for that reason alone, I just think it's very cloudy. Uh, as to my possibility or my thoughts of possibility of returning back to the field. So, Chris Hughes, CarolinaPreps.com is with us here on the uh, phone. So, what what I'm kind of hearing from you is uh, it's because of, you know, I, I guess everybody thought if they're going to have some form of school, they're going to have some form of athletics. It's the way they're going to do this. Again, maybe a little bit of a none-size-fits-all uh, type of uh, policy here out of Raleigh. 
that uh, it now is going to permeate uh, education and uh, and athletics. And, you know, uh, people, you know, you're punishing people for doing nothing in, in, in a sense. Uh, and for no good reason, you, it could be argued. So, yeah, you know, yeah, how, I agree. But, but is this within the governor's purview? Because you you have a show that you do. I guess it's it's one of those sort of Zoom room type of programs with other uh, really good veteran, uh, you know, people who've covered high school sports in this state for a number of years. There's no teeny boppers on this one. I mean, this is a, a bunch of heavy hitters. And you guys talked to Pat McCrory a couple of weeks ago. I mean, this really isn't, you know, I don't want to get into too much legalese here. And please correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth here, but that may not be the governor's decision solely. Well, if you listen to uh, former Governor Pat McCroy, and and he's obviously been very outspoken against the current governor, although he, he, he did say that he, that he thought the governor had done a good job given the circumstances that he was kind of in. But he also, in, in, in a different sentence, said that if you look at the state constitution, he said the governor really isn't the single point of con- the person who has that single point of control in, con- in controlling the schools. And really, the state legislature controls the schools more so uh, than the governor in office does. So I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't. Obviously, Governor Cooper has been a former attorney general and he knows the law a lot better than I'll ever pretend to. Uh, but, but I don't know if he has that single authority to make the sweeping uh, statements and the sweeping controls that he does from an academic point of view. But I, but I think that where he is using his powers to, to control things is in these, uh, you, you know, these rules that says you can only have 10 people or 25 right, people right. putting a, a cap on attendance numbers. And, and I think that that's where he's using his leverage uh, as a governor. Uh, to put to, to execute these powers. Unbelievable. Uh, Chris Hughes, CarolinaPreps.com, is with us uh, here. Um, here. Here's what I think is going to happen, Chris. And I mean, uh, again, you know, this is just two guys, two old friends giving their opinions here. Um, uh, you know, they've moved the, sc- the, the colleges, universities have moved up in order to stay within kind of the warm, hot weather months in North Carolina. And they're going to end by the. Uh, you know, by the the Thanksgiving holiday with the first semester. The high schools, which also start in August, one of the hottest months of the year, and this is assuming that, you know, any kind of virus has a hard time in hot weather with lots of sun, you know, (laughs) they're going to diddle around with this thing and not start high school sports because of, again, what I I view as a none-size-fits-all policy. And uh, they won't even if even if they want to get the whole high school football season in, they won't be able to. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, and I've said that this before. I, I just, given the current administrative circumstances that that seem to be governing this playing field that we're playing on right now, I'm just very very fearful that we'll have any kind of football and really any kind of sports and and i i, I don't even know for the whole school year right now i, I think it's still very cloudy uh because at, at best right now and, and i'll go back to something q tucker said a few weeks ago uh that, that she thinks the governor is going to want to make sure that schools are in operation before he allows athletics to happen and right now we're not going to begin school to August 17th. Well, okay, so but, but without but, a doubt. But Chris, let me interrupt you here and, and sorry to do so. But then why let the kids be working out right now? I mean, we, we you know, the, if these coaches 
high school coaches divvy up what they're getting paid by the hour. I mean, we're working these high school coaches to death here, uh, putting them through the paces in the name of safety. But, you know, there aren't big staffs here. I mean, this is uh, a couple coaches having to set all this up. Why make them go through this this whole thing, and then you're you're not even going to start the season on time? That that, that to me is it makes no sense. Very very fair statement, Patrick. And, and and I don't know why the coaches are given this leeway right now to have practices. Uh, I think they want to have practice. Yeah. Whether they're going to have an opportunity to play or not, I think they want to be out there with the young men practicing because that's what coaches do. They teach, they coach, they want to be out there molding these young men and shaping them for the future whether you get a game or not. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I think I think it could be for show maybe. Maybe it's just all for not. I don't know. But I, I, I still have my doubts as to whether we play a game this year. Um, and, and for whatever reason. Now, and I know the, the coronavirus, the COVID-19, it is a legitimate real virus with people getting sick. And, and, and unfortunately, people have died. Uh, but for whatever reasons, you know, it's it, 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 it seems like the magnitude far sweeps even even the virus. And, and it's like yeah. it, it's just a mechanism used to control us and just keep people from playing. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds and sound all political with it, but it, it's just uh, it, it's just something that, that I, I don't feel like we're going to survive in terms of having a season this year. Uh, Chris, you CarolinaPreps.com. Okay, let's assume – now, when you say season, do you mean just a fall sports season, or do you mean the whole athletic gamut, stem to stern? I, I think at least the fall sports okay. season, but I think the whole, I think the whole, I just them, you know, we already think the winter's going to be rough, so I think that that starts to put a an emphasis on do you have a winter sports season, and and, and I don't think that that's um, out there yet, ready to happen either. And then all of a sudden, you know, and, and we have these discussions last night. Can you play football in the spring? Sure. Well, how, are you going to play football in the spring? What if you don't play winter sports? Are you going to try to play a year's worth of sports in one spring school? Well, I mean, and, and that, that's a very tough thing to do. Or, or are you going to give football the precedence and let them play in the spring and not play the other sports? I mean, I think there's a lot of legal questions. You know, there's a lot of Title IX, a lot of fairness questions got to be asked at that point scheduling and can you play a lot of different sports in the spring uh you know i think that's a, a conversation for some guys a whole lot smarter than i am in the, the athletic administration world but you know i think it's a fair question to ask right now and i hope that at a minimum our leaders have some sort of a plan because it may come down to can we play some sports next spring carolina preps uh publisher chris hughes uh joining us uh, here carolinapreps.com when it comes to uh high school split uh, high school football in the state of north carolina there's not a better site and south carolina too for that matter chris has got uh, uh a lot of uh, deep roots in the carolinas and uh and uh, does a job that is unlike anybody else in the state uh let, let me ask you this if um you know if, if you what's the latest you think a fall sports season could start you know to be able to have kind of a legitimate regular season there's been some talk of maybe eliminating that first round of the playoffs which they virtually have in two of the classifications partially um you know if you maybe cut a a round out of the, the playoffs and i'm kind of talking football here you know what could be your regular season minimum that everybody could live with I think the drop-dead date that, that the association probably would like to use 
to at least begin fall practices. And remember, you, you, you can say we'll start September 1st, but that doesn't mean we're going to have games September right, 1st. Right. Because regardless of when we start, you'll still have to go through the, the, the prescribed number of conditioning practices, weeks, and so on like that. I think, give or take, um, August or September the 1st is probably that date um, that, that you probably want to go by uh, to allow yourself to try to start a regular season in the latter stages of September or maybe October 1st at the latest. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hughes, Carolina Preps, if you were a, uh, a man who uh, would place a friendly cheeseburger wager, wager or a barbecue wager uh, on, uh, on this, what would you say uh, is the likelihood we'll have something? Well, you know, I would love the best barbecue, and, and I know we got some great barbecue in, in uh, Greenville and in, in the eastern North Carolina uh, areas, but unfortunately, all of my favorite barbecue restaurants out here have gone out of business thanks to the yeah. the, the shutdowns and stuff like that. So uh, I, if you come to my neck of the woods, we'll have to try to find somewhere. Hopefully it's not a McDonald's or a cookout or something like that. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm again, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but I – I just really don't know that we're going to play a down of football this year. And it saddens me to say that. I hope that I'm wrong. Uh, and, and I would be more than happy to eat my words if I'm wrong and, and, and attend some games in person. But it's just my fear and, and my thought. And, and this isn't just me talking. This is coming from a lot of conversations with athletic directors, principals, the people who I consider to be in the know. And I'm just really scared that it, it's not going to happen. I, I think there will be – uh, such a backlash, Chris. You know, I mean, just not oh, even from athletics. Be. Just if, oh, the, if, if the schools and, and, and aren't, yeah, if the schools aren't, if the schools are doing something that is just so wildly, uh, in you know, unrealistic. I, I, I just, I think there's going to be a huge backlash with all this. I, I think there will too, uh, and, and and I think that you know, people will let their their thoughts and feelings be known in November at the ballot boxes. Uh, with with this, so I think that's one area where you'll see a backlash. But uh, but again, I still want to say this is a real true pandemic. It's a real true virus. All you got to do is look at the numbers. I don't want to downplay. No, the absolutely not. It. It, it, but it, the the virus part of it does scare me. All you got to do is look at Clemson University. I think they had upwards of twenty or thirty players who tested positive this week uh, since they've returned back to campus, and it's numbers like that that really scare me. Uh, and, and you don't want to justify – you can't justify putting young student-athletes, young kids at harm. I'm a parent. You know, I got my own kids, and I wouldn't want them to be in harm's way. And, and I think you got to put their priorities first. Uh, Chris, great to talk to you. Thanks a lot. We'll be in touch soon. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Chris Hughes, CarolinaPreps.com. Check him out uh, there. Uh, in case you are uh, just joining us here, uh, the FBI says that the piece of rope found in Bubba Wallace's garage at Talladega Super Speedway last weekend had been there since at least October of last year, and that it was a garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose. And it really isn't so much fashioned like a noose as it's, it's a handle. Uh, you could tell these people didn't grow up in the East where there's no electric garages. We never had electric. I mean, there there's houses I go in now that are older that they have a pull rope to pull the garage door down. And there are still people in the mainstream media and then in the sport, the sports media has lost their mind. 
because they're still trying to push this as a noose. And, and the pictures show, I mean, anybody who had grown up in the country <laughs> would see where it's a, a handle, a pull handle. Not a new, oh, good grief. Uh, after talking to Chris, I don't know how you feel about the uh, po- prospects of high school uh, football or high school sports season. Uh, we have a poll on that. Uh, what is the current update on that, Ben Byron? Well, we, we had a little bit of a photo finish earlier, but now it's looking like yes for a partial season if there's going to be high school football. And that's All about, right, give the percentages. Okay, so yes, partial season is about 46.7%. Then we got no, which is a 33.3%. And then yes for a full season, which is twenty percent. Doing some math here. <sighs> Very good, Ben. Uh, and we've had about sixty votes uh, just in this show. So uh, continue to vote on that. We'll give you the poll update on that uh, tomorrow uh, on Twitter at nine four three the game. Um, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, there are guys who host radio shows in the Triangle who are still saying this is a racial thing, and then they're now blaming NASCAR. Uh, one of the preeminent, and we've had him on this show. I, I like him and respect him a lot. One of the preeminent columnists in the state, sports columnist, is trying to push a, a racial agenda. There's a guy that went on to a bigger TV market that worked in this market who's still pushing it on Twitter. Uh, either they've not seen the pictures or they are, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the FBI investigated this. And now your boy Ravel's on here saying, oh, I didn't expect this to be a story. The, the hell they didn't. They were all, they were wanting this to be a, a racial thing in the mainstream sports media. I, I hate to say that, but look at the reaction on Twitter. And again, you know, I think Twitter's a cesspool in a lot of ways, but I mean, just the reaction of, of the media that this didn't turn out being some redneck uh, racist fan. It's remarkable. We've, we've got a big problem with media in this nation right now. And not just, you know, what you would call regular news. Whew. Vote on our Twitter poll. Brian Mull tomorrow. We'll talk some golf. We're trying to get Chocolate Myers on. Chocolate may never return our call now. But uh, we'll see. I hope he does. It'd be great to have him. Uh, thanks to uh, Coach McNeil from ECU Women's Basketball. And thanks to... Chris Hughes, carolinapreps.com. For Ben Byron, Patrick Johnson, and we will uh, catch you tomorrow for the midweek edition.